Hi, it's Sandra here. I'm recording another episode of the How Do You Know podcast, but again a bit differently, with no editing and uh, none of the usual stuff. Because honestly, we're, we're not exactly living usual times. It's been a tough week for the entire world. Um, I actually found it difficult to concentrate these days. And I've heard the same from basically everyone, no matter their age or where they are in the world. For example, all I could do in a day was edit an article, which usually takes me much less. Now, it's not difficult to feel triggered during this time, even if anxiety hasn't been a major issue for you. As it has been for me in the past couple of years, for example. People who have never experienced these levels of uncertainty, confusion, and fear might have a difficult time understanding their emotions and gaining control over them. It may not be you, but it may be someone you love. When responses to stress turn into anxiety, being told to keep calm and that everything will be okay helps, but it doesn't help everyone in the same way. While some people have the ability to use these messages to project their future in a more positive light, for others, it's really hard to visualize it. Because I am the kind of person whose anxiety is easily triggered, and the kind of person who finds it really challenging to envision an optimistic outlook sometimes, I thought it might help to share a bit of what I've learned from therapy and coaching. Recalibrating my response to stress factors is still work in progress, but I've made more progress than I ever thought I could. Besides reading about it, I'm now truly convinced that you can rewire your brain to respond differently to the same triggers. Not that I didn't believe studies and the brilliant people behind them. It's just that when going through rough times, um, it was hard for me to believe that it could work for me. But it did, Um, and there's so much more I wanted to practice and apply to get even better. Looking at the times ahead, um, foggy as they are now, I can't see how else we're going to recover and eventually thrive without the ability to manage anxiety, to navigate uncertainty, to stick to healthy habits, and to make good decisions, not just for us, but for others too. So I wanted to share this personal story because the rest that follows is a quick list of ideas, habits, and practices that um, helped me weather difficult moments. With this escalating situation around us, getting a good night's sleep may be harder than usual, especially if you're coming from an intense few weeks or months or if you're a bit burnt out. Good sleep is so important every day, and especially when we're forced to change our daily habits and adjust to a new way of working, of interacting socially and living together. A good night's sleep gives us perspective. It takes us out of survival mode, which may be many people's kind of main way of interacting with the world these days. When we're anxious, our sympathetic nervous system activity increases. That's a part of our brain uh, that controls our fight or flight response. So the more active the sympathetic nervous system is, the higher our blood pressure gets, um, aside from other physical effects. 
The director of the Sleep and Neuroimaging Laboratory at Berkeley University in California said that without sleep, the brain had reverted back to more primitive patterns of activity, in that it was unable to put emotional experiences into context and produce control-appropriate responses. During sleep, the sympathetic nervous system gets a chance to relax. Sleeping actually physically and, and mentally, it washes away your anxiety. This means you're less likely to get triggered the next day. It also decreases the chances you'll be moody throughout the day. Good sleep also keeps you healthy and it can even improve your health, especially if you've been sleeping poorly for a longer period of time. If you find yourself waking up at 5 a.m., here's what you can try. So my brain likes to wake up at 4.33 a.m. when I'm anxious. Um, not exactly the right time, but sometimes, and often around that time. I used to get very frustrated because I tried going back to sleep and I just couldn't. So when it becomes clear to me that there's no chance of falling back asleep, um, my go-to thing is to read. I pick a book that's soothing, that's not too stimulating. Um, of course, that doesn't mean it has to be a bad book. For example, I tend to read psychology or a bit of fiction, like A Man Called Ove by Frederick Bachmann. That was a really good book. For many, you know, many nights uh, were made much better while I was reading. Um, one of French social, social psychologists, Jacques Salomé, and now I'm reading Brene Brown's Rising Strong, which I feel we all need to read right now. It often happens that after a few pages, maybe some water, my brain starts to relax and untangle from the whirling thoughts inside my head. Uh, that's when I, you know, start to get sleepy again and crawl back in bed with my partner, who's who has such a peaceful sleep, sleep that it makes me want to join in. So after one or two more hours of sleep, I wake up refreshed with zero frustration and I'll also have a few pages read. I call that a win. So sleep is the first thing worth paying a bit more attention to these days. Uh, developing a power on, power off routine is the second. So if you haven't worked from home before, at least not on a regular basis, you may find it a bit difficult to adjust during a few days. So I've been doing this for almost a year and a half, and I personally love it. Um, I did my fair share of mistakes though. So in order to help your mind um, know when it's time to focus and get work done, and when it's time to power off and relax, you need to give it cues. For example, my morning routine includes journaling, which helps me empty my mind, um, drinking a glass of water or making tea or coffee, changing into homeware, that's not my PJs, this is super important, having breakfast, and then I turn on my laptop and get to work. But while I may be good at mornings, because I love them, I'm really bad at evenings and powering down. I need to realize that I need to turn off my laptop, gather my notes and stuff that I use for work, and stack them up and disconnect from work. Because otherwise, if I put my laptop just in sleep mode, I'll find myself jotting down ideas and Google Docs and half an hour later. Um, my email notifications are disabled and I've gotten a bit better at not checking it. Not great, but better. 
So what I'm still struggling with is not checking my messages or peeking at the news. And these days I'm not exactly peeking at the news. Um, I feel like now more than ever, opening any news app is drinking from a fire hose. And that's seriously unhealthy. To maintain awareness of the time I spend on my phone and other apps I know that trigger an unhealthy response, I've set limits in screen time. Uh, this has helped me to kind of bring down my screen time to a daily average of under two hours. Um, I still think that's a lot, but I'm working on it. It also helps me kind of limit my news intake. There are a bunch of apps you can try to monitor and limit the time you spend reading news or social media. Um, when you see the numbers and do some light math um, to figure out their compound effect, I think you may be motivated to use your energy and brain power in a different way. These days, it's really easy to go out of control and use the news and social media to try and satisfy our needs for certain certainty, but we won't find certainty there. While I advocate for being informed and aware of how the situation is developing and what measures we need to follow for everyone's safety, you don't need to stay connected 24-7 to do it. Scheduling specific times of day to check the news or social media really helps, um, at least for me. Also, a good book, an uplifting or interesting documentary, a video call with friends can lift your mood, can calm your anxiety, and can help you more than all the social media posts in the world can, no matter how smart or thoughtful it may be. I am very thankful to all the people in my bubble who share their own experiences and encourage and inspire others to either feel less alone uh, or more supported to take action in every way they can. Still, I start to feel a lot calmer when I take a step back from the, this constant flow of information and just pour my thoughts out, either on paper, in an article draft, or here on the podcast which I'm very thankful you're listening to. So there's sleep, the power-on-power-off routine, and limiting your intake of news and social media. Another thing that I find essential is to be active indoors as much as possible. Since the best thing we can do all, what we can all do right now is stay at home, oh, we're going to get some sore backs and kind of joints that feel rusty in a couple of days. Not everyone has the best uh, home office setup, which involves usually very comfy ergonomic chair or a desk. Um, and not everyone has a huge house so they can, you know, run around and <laughs> maybe even go out into a nice yard. So we have to do our best to move a bit. Uh, I can recommend Yoga with Adrian, which is a great channel that showed me yoga can be fun, more fun and easier than I ever thought. But if yoga is not your thing, there are so many home workout videos out there and a ton of them don't require any special equipment. So just, you know, get in your comfy pants and your t-shirt um, and just make that small choice of moving for like the smallest amount of time you think you can go for, even if it's just a minute. Getting that blood flowing will also help with sleep, with concentration, digestion and your mood. So uh, this podcast is about making better decisions and paying attention to your choices and tweaking them here a bit 
um, and there a bit will make a big difference these days and going forward. Take it from someone who's been anxious almost her entire life about so many things um, and who has learned to finally manage it. It went from the decision to go to therapy to making it a constant practice from ideas and concepts into daily decisions and habits. Empty your mind on a piece of paper, create more than you consume, find ways to connect with others through podcasts, books, video calls, phone calls, whatever suits you best. Channel your energy into self-care and then taking care of others. We all need to feel less alone these days. We all need to find the strength to overcome mental and economic pressure. We all need to find anchors in a world that's changing fast and profoundly. We all need to find joy and wonder in small things we may have forgotten about. The good news is that we all can, no matter how vulnerable or fragile we feel. It starts with the decision to spend some time nurturing your mind, your soul, and the body with good ideas, good sleep, and good food so you can stay healthy, so you can build resilience and support both yourself and others. I hope you'll give a listen to the other episodes in this podcast. Many of my previous guests have been through challenging experiences and they all have valuable ideas and helpful ways to look at the world that apply to what we're all going through right now. I'm also working with Bannersnack on a special podcast season dedicated to empathy. The first two episodes are out and you can find links to them in the show notes. Discussing empathy with amazing women who've been through really difficult moments has taught me so much and reminded me how crucial it is to feel with others and better understand where everyone is coming from these days. Give those a listen if you want to add a couple of new tools in your kind of emotional intelligence toolbox. And until next time, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands, and be patient both with yourself and others. Thanks for listening.